This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Hey, After Buzzers, before we move on to your next topic, we just want to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. What up, AfterBuzz? Welcome to Talking TED Talks. We are talking Never Split the Difference, and we got Chris Boss in studio. Stay tuned. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz Hey, welcome back, AfterBuzzers, yet again to another Talking TED Talks. It's your boy, DJ Jesse J, live in studio with my beautiful host. Oh, thank you, love. It's Yasmin Tanres. Another great conversation worth exploring that we have today. I'm so excited about this. Girl, you recommend this one. I like it. I mean, come on. I was was here. (laughs) When we were putting the show together, we were actually really excited about it because it's about negotiating. We all negotiate on a daily basis in so many different parts of our lives. And we needed to learn how to get better at it. And we just want to share it with you. So, and you know we love when we have get when we're able to have the speaker in studio. So this is very special. He has been hooked it up. Oh, thank you because <laughs> I met Chris Voss and his friend Brad Lambert, who's also joining us here at the Octopus Studio. So let's welcome them. Thank you so much for coming in, both us. of you here. It's our pleasure. Um, so you're a little late night FM DJ. Ooh, look at that oh, yeah. voice. Welcome. Hey, we could do a whole... A- I always want to do ASMR uh, on those shows. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone who comes in is such an ama- has an amazing voice, but like you could you could really get there with it. I, yeah, there you go. I think that was one of the... Uh, not like I, I felt a little scared when I saw you on stage and you were talking. I was like, okay, this is serious. Um, I felt I like better you're... not move from my position right now and just listen. <laughs> So you sound like a family member to me. I was like, all right. <laughs> the uncle that you always ignore. You know what I'm saying? No, that well. I always get all the, all the wisdom from. Like, that would so. take me to one of those bars. <laughs> there you go, exactly. Hey, he can take you anywhere. Um, so Chris Voss is a prolific negotiator. You, um, you're the CEO of Black Swan, uh, the author of Never Split the Difference, negotiating as if your life depended on it. Can you imagine? And it's one of the national best-selling books, uh, one of the top seven books out there on negotiating. You used to be an FBI agent for 24 years. FBI. 
and you retired as the lead international kidnapping negotiator. Yeah, and get you a good deal on a kidnap victim. Okay, so <laughs> if I get kidnapped, you know who to call, okay? <laughs> or any of us. Um, and 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 black swan. And essentially, you've been really going out there and teaching people, businesses, on how to better negotiate deals to save money, to um, cut better deals, and to have better communication efforts mm -hmm. as well. And get deals faster. That's that's the biggest thing. We get a, you get a good deal faster. Mm -hmm. Don't diddle-daddle. Right. Yeah. Time is money. Picking up. Touche. And now, next to Chris Voss, we have another prolific, amazing negotiator, Brad Lambert. So both of you, you were there to support Chris at his yeah. talk. Um, and essentially, you're a producer and happiness creator. You have your own podcast called Producing Happiness. So you bring a special guest in from the entertainment industry and talk about the pursuit of happiness, which I yes. adore. I love that. But you're also a talent manager, which a lot of negotiating goes into representing talent, like in the past, Robert Downey Jr. and big influencers and very prolific athletes as well. So, yeah. Yeah, it must be it must be a challenge, but a good challenge. Yeah, you see why both of you are friends. We 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 met you on the same night at Soho House. Yeah, Brad's good at what he does, and he's smart, and he learns fast, and he believes in long term relationships, and he doesn't believe in wasting time. And when he came across the book, he's I think he started killing it before we ever even started to speak. He's just he's a very smart guy. So how did the two of you guys link up with each other specifically? Mm -hmm. Well, funny enough, I, uh, I saw Chris's interview with Louis. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So, whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So, download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This house, uh, where he sat down with him on the School of Greatness podcast. Oh, I love and, that podcast. And uh, I was really taken aback by Chris and what he spoke about. It really resonated with me uh, and his approach. And uh, I found him to be fascinating, and I wanted to connect and see how we could work together and uh we started uh going back and forth on instagram and then we finally uh connected and it was uh friendship ever since so i'm very grateful yeah he's a ge he's a generous guy i mean it's the first thing that um we do business with a lot of people you know my company and there's a lot of people we don't do business with and generosity is um a prerequisite and somebody approaches me which is like hey give me a job that's not a generous approach. Mm -hmm. But if somebody approaches us and said, hey, you know, I already use your stuff, you know, can and maybe they take it upon themselves to show some love on Instagram or someplace else, you know, they walk into the room, they add value to whatever room they walk into. And Brad adds value wherever he goes. And he's an easy guy to do business with. 
It's so true. At that time, Brad, where were you in your life that, you know, hearing Chris talk, it was like, wow, I've already heard, I've already heard him as a third party now. How do I... Because that's, again, like, that's also, that takes guts to approach and then knowing how to approach. Yeah. I mean, it, it was, it all formed out of respect. I mean, at the end of the day, that's what it was about. I respected him and I'm always trying to surround myself with people I admire and who I respect. And obviously you can always grow. So I always thought I was pretty good at negotiating and communication. But hearing this guy speak, I mean, it's like always way to get better and what's better than surround yourself with this guy. So it's been it's been amazing. And uh, he's very generous himself. So it's been uh, it's been really cool to kind of get to know him both personally and professionally. And uh, like I said, grateful to call him a friend. Well, it's generous of both of you to be here as well. Thanks for so having very us. very grateful. And then some female walks up to us. <laughs> <laughs> out of the blue. <laughs> and, and, and then I, I took away one of your hot tips and approached you with that takeaway. Thank you. Sure you were listening, uh, right? Yeah. right but, but, but let's not discount that she stood up in front of everybody <laughs> and went one-on-one with you. Not an easy thing to do. Yeah. So explain it to the, to our teddies that are watching <laughs> your experience. So it, I mean, it, it was definitely. I felt like I was put on the spot. So what part of it though are we talking about when Where I approached were you? you? Yeah, it was at Soho House. He was giving a talk about negotiating as if your life depended on it. Showed us a presentation. Talked to us about different methods and approaches and the way that you can word things in order to have an impact on somebody to respond to you and not be against you. Was this the email thing that you had kind yes, of Yes, so I was actually teaching her one <laughs> She of, did. Yes, I was spreading, I spreading the gospel. Yes. Excellent, yes. Right, very good. Yes, yes. so yeah. we should definitely get into that more. And then we had a case scenario, which we're also going to be doing here today because Jesse hasn't experienced, experienced it, so it's going to be a Give fun... Give him a chance to negotiate as if his life depended on it? Yes. Oh, Can ooh. we do that? This is going to be fun. I'm good because I'm ready to learn. All right. <laughs> Okay. He's got the voice already. He's got got the negotiator's voice. Okay. Ooh, okay, that's good. Because voice and tone is important. It's magic. Exactly. It is the secret weapon. So many people overlook it, but it is the secret weapon. It's power because, honestly, like, as soon as you stepped on that stage as soon as the TED Talk started like I was drawn into you like every story that you that you were saying like just listen you're, you're a fascinating person and Thanks. a lot of it does stem from the tone of your voice and even when you crack a joke and you know what I mean it's there is like the scariness to it but then at the same time it's like Oh, he seems like actually like a really cool guy. Yeah, he's likable. Scary, scary, funny. Yeah, you're not sure which it is. Which ties into your job that you you were doing as an FBI agent. You know, you you were saying a lot of it was how am I going to get this other person to look at me as a human, but then I have to look at them as a human. Right now, growing up, how did you get to that point? Like, what was going on in your life that got you to that point of realizing your power? No, I, you know, I think um, I grew up in a family where the attitude was just kind of figured out. I mean, I never anticipated anything like this at all, but the attitude was figured out. And uh, if you got a figure it out attitude, if you're adaptable, it's it's actually um, it's a psychological trait you can test for. Some people refer to it as openness. Other people refer to it as coachability. I was sitting on a plane um, with a member of the coaching staff of the Pittsburgh Pirates probably like two years ago. And he was telling me that um, they test 
uh, uh, minor league prospects for coachability. Because if you're talented but you're not coachable, you're not going to make it in the majors. It doesn't matter how good you are. You're going to have to be coachable to take the next level. And so they want to waste less time. They need to know who's coachable. And I think I'm, I think I'm coachable. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you opened up your uh, talk um, with regards to your mom, the way that she, whatever mom <laughs> says, it is. So I was curious as to, maybe that's why you got into better negotiators. You cannot negotiate she with your like mom. She's a tough, tough woman. Character. Yeah, a tough cookie. Everybody knows her, because of course my favorite joke is, what's a, I'm from Iowa, Okay. so what's the difference between an Iowa mom and a terrorist? You can negotiate with a terrorist. <laughs> And everyone I've told that joke to who knows my mom all say, yeah, especially your mom. <laughs> so, <laughs> mom, yeah, I, they made me say it, mom, I'm sorry. <laughs> and then um, how did you get involved with TED Talks? Like, was it, like, a lot of speakers come in and, you know, they were like, okay, how do I prep what I want to speak about, I mean, was this like already going in? Like, well, I don't know what I know what I'm going to say. Oh, the guys, uh, the TED talk I did, the TEDx at uh, University of Nevada at Reno. Mm-hmm. Yes. They're really supportive guys. So, and I, and I was daunted by it. And um, you know, I can I can talk for thirty minutes to three hours, but to boil it down to twelve minutes. I mean, that's a challenge. Yeah. So um, they approached me and they said, "Look, we're, we're going to coach you." We're going to help you. We'll do dry runs with you. We'll give you a lot of insight. I mean, they work really hard so that you can do the best you could do. And when they, when I saw they were going to be that supportive, because like any endeavor, you don't go by yourself. you got to go with the team. There's a team there. Um, then I was willing to take a run at it. Mm-hmm. How did you learn from that? Like, Because uh, obviously you're a professional in this industry, and then to take, like you just said, to get it down to 12 minutes is a tough thing. Mm-hmm. Did you learn something even further for that to kind of, you're obviously coachable, like you said, yeah, that, you've, that you've applied to your factor. life? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, um, I first of all, I started listening to a bunch of TED Talks and figuring out what I liked about them. You know, you, you Google the top 20 and what yeah. do you like about them? And, you know, what are the commonalities? You know, what works just for that guy? Like one of my favorite TED Talks by a guy named Sean Acker called uh, Happiness Advantage. It's hysterical. And we quote him all the time because one of the things he points out is you're 31% smarter in a positive frame of mind. So negotiations, how do you design that into your approach so that you're smarter? You know, and that's why we're always figuring stuff like that out. So I looked at it and, you know, I look at giving talks as almost a version of stand-up. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and so you got to practice a lot, and and then you got to get feedback from people, and and then at some point in time you got to jump off the cliff. Mm-hmm. I'm curious. <laughs> okay, don't do that. We're okay here. We're safe. <laughs> um, you're scaring me. Did I tell you that? That's why I'm here because you actually scared me and Britt. We we were both horrified. We were terrified. So we're of each other. Like, what okay. happens if we say no? She's gonna, she's show up in your door like. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Hello. Middle of the night. <laughs> I'll kidnap something that's so worthy of yours. <laughs> Take away my Huckleberry Hound <laughs> stuffed doll. Yes, that's okay, the best cartoon. Now I know. Um, so, Brad, for you, then, I'm curious, um, now, cause since we're talking about how you've been following Chris's journey and, you know, you've seen him talk in so many different ways and, and the way that you've been coachable and have picked up your negotiation skills, how do you um, practice yourself? Man, uh, I've listened to his audiobook often. Mm-hmm. Um, 
because it's practice. And, that, and that's the never split the yeah. difference? Okay. Yeah, I listen to the, the audiobook of that. Um, I retain information better listening to it mm-hmm. than I do reading, mm-hmm. which is interesting, but it makes sense considering I can recite almost every movie I've ever seen. Um, <laughs> wow, that, but, that's a skill right now. Yeah, it's, it's useless <laughs> quotes. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I listen to the audiobook a lot. Uh, I will um, just practice in day-to-day. You know, basic, basic communication. That's the root of this. This whole thing is communication and relationships. Um, I think if you can increase your likability, people will want to work with you. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think uh, it goes back to what Chris mentioned. You know, um, generating that emotion, the inflection in your voice. Uh, like you said, if you're happy, people tend to want to be around you and want to work with you. So I think everything kind of works itself together. So mm-hmm. it's a day in, day out. Uh, you say the hardest negotiation is one you don't know you're in. Um, so day to day, whether it's getting a cup of coffee at Starbucks or trying to get a ticket when you get a plane, you know, it's like yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, little little things. But it's 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 fun. You know, the one thing I've been trying to work on more of is is mirroring but we can get to that later mm-hmm. but well, get maybe, to it later maybe talk to yeah. it about yeah. now let's get sure. into let's jump in now. Yeah. jump the cliff let's come on let's, yeah let's go overboard <laughs> go overboard yeah and oh, you're taking this too far girl. No, <laughs> sorry he just mirrored you <laughs> <laughs> let's fly away is that better uh, 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 yeah mirroring is a simple one mirroring mirroring is just repeating the last couple of words that somebody just said it's uh and it's it's a it's a good automatic pilot skill because every now and then somebody's going to say something that'll catch you completely off guard. I mean, you'll just be stunned, shocked by it. Uh, and one of the first mirrors I ever used in a bank robbery with hostages. Um, I've got uh, I've got a short clip from this actual hostage negotiation with the bank robber on my on our YouTube channel under the you know the mirror video. But we had uh, we, we didn't know how many bank robbers we had trapped on the inside. The guy who was the leader was trying to make us believe there was a bunch of guys inside and that he was not in charge. There were only two inside, and he was in charge. He, he was a brilliant negotiator. Wow. And um, But he had, they had gotten there in his van, and NYPD, FBI, Joint Terrorist Task Force, Joint Bank Robbery Task Force, they isolated all the vehicles within about six blocks, which was several hundred, come up with a van, that we don't know where the driver is. So they run the registration. They go to the guy's house. Yeah, this is who he is. He's not here. They brought the the witness who knew him to the scene, listened to us talking to him on the phone, said, yeah, that's a guy. That's, he, that's who's inside. So my job, they hand the negotiation off to me, and they say, brace this guy with his name first time you get the chance. And so I say, look, we got a, we got a van out here. We've we found all the drivers except one. And he said, well, you chased my driver away. And I didn't know what the hell he was talking about. Thoroughly stunned me, caught me off guard. And I said, we chased your driver away? He said, yeah, when, when he saw the police, he cut and run. Now, in point of fact, the getaway driver had gotten away. We had no idea that there was a third guy that had gotten away, didn't have a clue. This now turned. And see, here's a guy who's holding every piece of information tightly. So this was, he just gave us information which was going to lead to more evidence against him, which he didn't want to do. So the mayor causes people to blurt stuff out, 
without them realizing they're blurting stuff wow. out. This is the only piece of evidence that he gave us the entire 12 hours we were there. Huh. Bank robber. You know, I and, and I didn't find out about the getaway driver till that night. And they identified the guy. And then we got ready to go to court. I saw the case agent who was handling prosecution. He says, yeah, we got no evidence. We got nothing to link the getaway driver to the bank robbery. And I said... No, I, we got in the middle of the transcript where our primary robber identifies him. He goes, I, I didn't know that was there. I said, yeah, I'll show you exactly where it is. So it gave us phenomenal evidence of conspiracy, that there were other people, that he was in charge, and it tied, tied the getaway driver to the crime. All as a result of a simple mirror that I said when I was caught off guard, and I didn't know what else to say, so I just mirrored what the guy just said, and then he blurted out a bunch more really useful information. And that happens in all negotiations. Also buys you some time, too. It, well, that's the other thing, too. That you know, How do you buy yourself time when the other side doesn't realize you're buying yourself time? Yeah. Mm-hmm. How do you slow it down for you but not for them? And that's one of the things that buys you time. You get your act together in that moment where the other side doesn't have any idea that's what you're doing. That's mm-hmm. a, a good point. Yeah, mm-hmm. It buys time. The breakdown to us about because... The title is Never Split the Difference. Never Split the Difference. So never split it. Right. But what does it mean exactly? All right, so first off, um, splitting the difference is usually, it's a, it, first of all, it's either a bad move or a sucker move. There's, a, there's an old saying, the person who offers, offers to meet you in the middle is usually a poor judge of distance. Mm-hmm. Now, 90% of the people that give me a hard time about the title of the book, they say, I split the difference all the time. You know, it works for me. And I say, well, in point of fact, what people really do is they ask for 10 times more than they want in the first place. And then they say to you, look, you know, let's, let's be fair about this. That's the F word, fair. The F word. Let's, let's be fair. Tell you what, meet you in the middle. Now, they're lying to you. They wanted, you know, they, they wanted to get a, pay $100, and they said, I'm only going to pay 50 and you want 150 You say, you know, let's be fair. You know, let's meet in the middle. You'll think you got a good deal. They, they, they lied to you. They conned you. It was not a split of the difference. They just moved the anchor so far out of the way that it seemed yeah. fair. Now, you're going to walk away thinking you got a good deal when you got hostile. So nine times out of ten, it's a hostile. Now, the one time out of ten... Splitting the difference really boils down to, let me take part of your idea, since I don't know if you're right. We'll take part of my idea, since you don't know if I'm right, and we'll put the two of them together, and we'll see what happens. And that always goes bad. And my favorite example of that, um, Colin Kaepernick, taking a knee. Him taking a knee was actually originally meant to show more respect to the American flag. But nobody knows that. Yeah. He was he was unhappy for a variety of reasons. He's sitting out the national anthem. It's getting a little bit of attention. He meets with someone from the special forces. And, you know, God bless him for taking the meeting and talking to the guy. And the guy, and the guy Colin is making his case, you know, I'm unhappy. You know, I believe in uh, the social problems here in the United States. And I feel like a bit of a hypocrite if I don't say anything. You know, I'm abandoning my people. All sorts of legitimate reasons. And the Special Forces guy said, I respect all that. Here's the problem. You know, it's being misinterpreted. And he says, so Special Forces, if we took a knee at somebody's gravesite, we'd show more respect. It's a way of showing respect. And Colin Kaepernick, God bless him, was like, you know what? I don't want to disrespect people who've given their lives for this country. 
So I'm going to change what I'm going to do to show more respect. Uh-huh. For all intents and purposes, he splits the difference. Mm-hmm. Very, very genuinely intention on both sides. Now, neither side of the issue sees it that way today. What happens is both constituencies are unhappy. They don't want the people that want him to stand up for social injustice and they don't like the symbol. They don't like the idea of him being more respectful. The people that love the symbol still see him as being disrespectful. When it's a classic compromise position that made everybody even matter and ends up being completely misinterpreted and they completely lost the intention of the compromise in the first place, which is what tends to happen with compromises. Hmm. And that, you know, that's just one example. Businesses. So how can you mend a compromise? You hear the other side out to start with. Mm-hmm. Never split the difference also means be willing to accept that the other person might be right. You know, never be so sure of what you want that you wouldn't take something better. Hmm. The person you're talking to may have a better path to your goal. If you're open, if you want them to be open to your path then the legitimate thing to do is to be open to their path. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, at least hear them out. So many people are willing to agree if they just heard out. And so it's a, a, I I don't want to spend my money if you're going to give me my deal if I hear you out. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if all you need from me, and so many people are not heard out on a regular basis, that all you're looking for is just validation, that you have an opinion. That that you matter, and we can get an awful long long way with that on any given any given instance. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do that because that's, that's that's if it makes you happy, which is what the whole deal was designed to do in the first place. Why wouldn't I do that? Mm-hmm. That's so crazy. Like it's just like mind blowing because I just think about everything you've probably been through in your entire yeah. life and the people you've encountered, and. Has there ever been a situation where you've negotiated with somebody, not to even put them in the word terrorist in there, but like somebody and they just needed, like it was just them, you know, doing something dramatic or whatever, but the way you spoke to them, sat there, listened to them and empathized with them was all that they genuinely needed and then they actually gave you respect in that? Yeah, have you mind heard? afterwards? Yeah, well, that's that's what hostage negotiators do day in and day out, which is why you know we got a ninety three percent success rate. Yeah, I mean that, we got a pretty high success rate, but it 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 from business to hostage negotiation, the human dynamics are the same. You know, we got we got autonomy issues, we got identity issues, we got um, just before the start of the second Iraq War, which or yeah, the second time we went into Iraq, which I know sounds like ten thousand years ago. Certainly a lot has happened since then. This guy named Dwight Watson drives his tractor into the middle of Washington, D.C. Now, this is on the heel, heels of the D.C. sniper incident, where less than a year earlier, the two guys were running around D.C. shooting people and killing them. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure what the body count was at that point in time, but D.C. is understandably jumpy because this is in uh, just barely in a rearview mirror, and we're getting ready to go to a war in Iraq. So this guy, Dwight Watson, drives his tractor into the middle of Washington, D.C., completely unrelated to that. His family had a tobacco farm. The lawsuits among the states with the tobacco companies, you know, however many years ago that was, they agree to limitations. His family loses their farm. They get crushed in the settlement. They lose everything. You know, they say when the, you know, when the elephants battle, the grass suffers. Well, he was part of the little guy that, who got smashed. Mm-hmm. Now, he'd been 
protested a couple years in a row on uh, going to D.C., going to the National Mall, got, got a permit to protest, and nobody cared. Hmm. You know, what's the sympathy for a tobacco grower? doesn't matter that that's the way you fed your family. And it was a legitimate occupation. So he's, he protests a couple years in a row. Nobody cares. He turns around and comes back, drives his John Deere tractor into the middle of the D.C. mall just before we're going to war in Iraq and says, I have four bombs. And I got four bombs scattered around D.C. And I want to talk. <laughs> so the negotiations kick into gear. U.S. Park Police jumps in. The FBI jumps in in support of them about 24 hours in, and we start talking to this guy, and he slow, he's slowly getting the idea that he can't get out of there, that it's not going to change anything, but now now he doesn't know how to get out. So finally he says, um, well, I was with the 82nd Airborne, and any time the 82nd Airborne, if we had stranded behind enemy lines, 72 hours we could withdraw honorably. So he's basically given us three days. Now we're about a day and a half into this, and what Dwight doesn't know is that there's a green light on him, which means if he makes a wrong move and, and the rules of engagement have been very specifically laid out because we don't know that he doesn't have bombs and he's got his Jeep close by and the rule of engagement is if he makes a move on the Jeep, take him out. Mm-hmm. A green light means sniper's got to eliminate the threat. You know, that's the way we say it so it sounds politically acceptable, but it blows brains out. And Dwight doesn't know this. And Dwight is prone to fits of anger. So his negotiators were like, all right, Dwight has just agreed to come out in two days. But he's a volatile dude. And he might get mad in the meantime. And he might do something stupid to make a point before he comes out and get his brains blown out. Mm -hmm. And we cannot let that happen. So we got to figure out how to cut 24 hours off the clock. Get him out before. And if if he's losing sleep over 72 hours, he's going to get crazy because Mm -hmm. people get crazy. In this instance. So we're talking, we're going back and forth, and finally one of our negotiators, because um, uh, work as a team, right, Winnie Miller, Winnie says, we're trying to figure out what to say to him if he's not going to come out. And Winnie has heard hints of deep faith in the things that he said, just hints of it. So she says, tell him tomorrow's the dawn of the third day. Because in the Christian religion, you know, Jesus was crucified on Friday. Mm-hmm. He was resurrected on Sunday. That's only 48 hours. That ain't 72. That's 48. That's, that's, it's a dawn of the third point. day. So we get Dwight back on the phone. And the negotiator says, Dwight, um, I'm not coming out tomorrow. He's like, no, I'm not coming out tomorrow. And the negotiator says, but Dwight, tomorrow's the dawn of the third day. And there's dead silence. And he goes... I'll come out tomorrow morning. <laughs> wow. And he, he comes out. He doesn't get hurt. Oh, my he, God. Um, he's a big dude. The SWAT guys are very concerned about how large he is. We get a very specific protocol for him to walk away from that Jeep. The Jeep happens to be in the middle of a reflecting pool that's four feet deep, which means he's going to see anybody coming at him. There's, there's no way to take him out of there by force. They can't splash through the water. He's got to walk out gently. He walks out. He surrenders with complete and total respect. He um, he goes to court. Um, the judge is in a tough spot. You know, we can't really let people terrorize the nation's capital. On the other hand, you just kind of this poor, dumb bastard that got caught in a, up in a bad situation. Mm-hmm. I don't think he did that much time. Um, 
the, there was a lot of outrage in the community that we let him block Washington, D.C., shut it down. And the chief of police, D.C. Metro, said, you know, last time I checked, we didn't shoot people for blocking traffic. And then uh, at the end of the day, on a five-year anniversary, I'm sitting around. I'd already left the bureau, and my phone rings. Um, and, you know, the message here is you, you'll miss an anniversary. I didn't know it was five years to the day that we talked the white out. And his brother's on the phone, and his brother calls me on the phone. I'm like, you know, yeah, you know, uh, how are you? What's going on? And he's just like, just appreciate you saving my brother's life. Wow. <laughs> Five wow, years later. Five years shows. later. Yeah. I can't even, like, I could sit and listen to you for hours, literally, because, <laughs> but we do <laughs> this thing called as well. Teddies, and we our teddies are our fans that watch us and, yes. and request videos and watch things. So we do this Twitter poll, mm-hmm. and Yasma, I know you get some numbers we for it. We have. So the first question was, are you a good negotiator? Yes, no question. Um, 70% said yes, 30% said no. Would you believe that? If they said that about themselves. Yeah. yeah. 70% of them say yes. Uh, it, it, people mostly answer that relative to everybody else. You know, you measure yourself by the activity that you see around you. So uh, in Major League Baseball terms, if you will, most people are hitting about 125. But they don't know because everybody else hits 125, and they think they're okay in comparison. The really good negotiators, the best negotiators, the people you wouldn't even um, define as a negotiator. Like I think one of the one of the top five in the world, no question in my mind, Oprah Winfrey. Mm-hmm. You don't think of her as a negotiator, do you? Nope. See, those well, those are the great negotiators. Mm-hmm. Now, if you think about it, you don't, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly right. As soon as you start thinking. So about now it. I'm thinking you're the worst negotiator because that's in your title. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a horrible. I will tell. I will tell you. Here's how I really do think of myself, though. More is because more than anything, I'm a negotiation coach. I coach Brad, and he's he's open to it. Yes. Phil Jackson, one of the best coaches in the history of the NBA. When he played, he didn't even start for the team that he was on. Now he was on a championship team, and he was their sixth man, and he was in the NBA. And he, he met an awful lot of high uh, bar criteria. But he wasn't the best player in the NBA even when he played. And he's ended up being one of the best. I think, I'm a, I'm, I think much more of myself as a great negotiation coach. I run across somebody like Brad who's got talent, talent Michael Jordan over here, right? <laughs> Phil Jackson coaches Michael Jordan to championships. Michael Jordan doesn't win a single championship without Phil Jackson. Neither does Kobe Bryant. Coachable people who got a lot of talent. We yeah, bring out well, the best of them. It's definitely translated because I've obviously learned a thing or two from you. And then thanks to Brad, I actually negotiated my end of the deal for my um, current job. Hey, and, uh, as a local news reporter, yes. So there, it's it's come around. <laughs> Pass it on. Yes. Spread spread the gospel. Yes. Pass it on. <laughs> Our next question was: What areas in life do you wish you could better negotiate in? And most people, of course, said business, work, contract, salaries. Um, I'm not surprised about that answer. Yeah. No. So, but and here's the key to getting a better salary: negotiate a better job. What do I mean by that? If you focus on how you can deliver for your company, 
they either will pay you more or you will accumulate enough of a resume that somebody else will. Um, very good friend of mine, uh, he and I both grew up in the same small town in Iowa. He didn't get an advanced degree, went to a tiny little college. He's the head of an international bank. And every single job he's ever been at and every single annual review, he's always asked the same question. How can I be guaranteed to be involved in projects that are critical to the strategic future of our company? Mm-hmm. Now, that, that immediately does two things. It makes him want to pay him more because he's promised to make everybody's life better. The mere fact that he's asked instead of how can I get paid more, you know, what you say and what they hear. When you say that, what they hear is you want to help me make money. You're we-focused, not you-focused. So I want to pay you more. I want to keep you around. I like you. I can count on you. The other th- secondary thing of that is, is you want to get, you want to be in a, playing a big game. Top levels of the company immediately pay attention to you. How do you get ahead? You get ahead because the top people in your company are watching your performance. How do you get the attention of the CEO? You get the attention of the CEO by working on his pet project. He's going to watch you close, and then of course this all assumes you're going to deliver. And you don't have to deliver that well. You just have to do pretty good on really important projects, and you're going to get ahead. You're going to be the, end up the head of an international bank. Mm-hmm. So change your negotiations away from how much you pay in me to, to okay. how can I make okay. our life better. How but the, the root it? of that is value. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're not, what can you do for me? So what can I do for you? Mm-hmm. So how can I be more involved? How can I add even more value than I'm doing right now? So that that's... Exactly. Which is a theme, a theme here at AfterBuzz, Kevin and Maria all try to instill in all, every host here, is how can, you know, going going from here to elsewhere, what can I do for you? Yeah. yeah so it's so fun. How can I be of service? Yes. Yeah. Um, well, I have the last one? Well, our final question was, do you find it easier to negotiate over the phone, email, or in person? And most people would say in person. Um, there was one interesting one that said... Um, I know, I'm definitely put email. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's, yeah, I, I think I've heard that too. But, I mean, this one was interesting. Justin Blosky said, person with good people, email with tricksters, and phone with strangers. So, depending. I, that, That's to me, actually, makes sense. Yeah, I would say that. Yes. How do that you confuses me. I'm confused. So if you, yeah, I mean, like I get <laughs> it though. That's well, gotcha. because you're you're fine in all forms. But there's a different tone for each yes. platform. So it's like in person, you know, I know someone like me, like I want to be a better negotiator because I know I, you know, can get stumped. I can get in my head, or I don't. I show emotion very clearly, and so I know. With a, with negotiating, I I think in my mind like okay, if I go in there and then I don't, you know, I I undersell myself, which I've done before, and the job looked at me crazy and gave me a raise even after I gave them a low hit, and it was a lesson for me. But in email, I would have been like, well, <laughs> you know. So I think there's a different tone and like finding that where I wanted to ask both of you guys like is. How do you stop that self-doubt voice? Like, how is that something that you, going into it, you're pl- it is a game, it's a back and forth, you're playing tennis, and to, to kind of stop that, that, that negative voice that lets you, that kind of makes you falter yeah. in, that, in that moment. I, I think the, the root of that is confidence. 
-hmm. you know, if you're confident in what you're asking for, if you're confident in the product that you're going to be delivering to the other side, then if you're saying, I want X, it's because I truly believe the work that we're doing or the product that we have is worth that. Mm -hmm. So I'm confident in what we're doing. Let's get to the point where it makes sense, you know. So that the self-doubt doesn't exist if you're confident and prepared in what you're talking about. So I think that's confidence is everything, especially going back to communication. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're confident in what you're talking about, people will feel comfortable with you. And that's where everything kind of unravels from there. Well, and he he actually gave you the answer earlier when he's how do you get confident? You get small stakes practice. You know, he talked before about how do you handle yourself with a person at Starbucks? How do you handle yourself with a Lyft driver? This is small stakes practice. I mean, everybody that's any good practices. Tiger Woods practices. Mm-hmm. Michael Jordan practice. They were <laughs> known Curry. for practicing. Steph Curry practices. You get, you know, you you hit that you hit that big shot in the championship game because you've been doing the no stakes and small stakes practice, and then then you're used to it. Then you you know how stuff's going to work. You know that you you said to enough people in small stakes, how am I supposed to do that? That you know it works, and you know that there's never been a bad outcome. It, it may have gone a little sideways on you, but it never went bad. Mm-hmm. And you only get that with practice. I feel like uh, a good place to practice is at the Sunday's farmer's market. <laughs> okay, Take a yeah. trip to the farmer's market, see what you can get yeah. out of it. It's not a bad thing. <laughs> Downtown Chinatown. <laughs> They're pretty straight. They're pretty tight with that $5. They're like, yeah. <laughs> Well, is that what you're trying to say? No, I don't know. I'm just saying every time I'm going to pay the $5. (laughs) Do you think we have time for the case scenario? I don't think we have time for the case scenario uh, because we got to get to it. Another studio is going to come in. But I do want to see what you guys are up to right now and tell us a little bit about what you guys are working on and where everyone can kind of keep in contact and find you. Yes. Right, you mind if and I jump in here? Exciting upcoming projects and anything. All right, going so on now? Um, we got a lot of stuff going on. The gateway to it all really is uh, we put out a free newsletter. It's a good price, free. And it comes out uh, once a week, and it's got a really short, act- one actionable article in it. Ooh. And it's not an encyclopedia. You don't knock yourself out trying to read it. And then it's a gateway to everything we do. We got training events going on across the country. There's information about that. We got a lot of free content. We've got valuable content but it's all through the newsletter and the newsletter is a text to sign up function send the text FBI empathy all one word don't put a space between FBI and empathy send it to the number 22828 and that's 22828 you get a message back sign up for the newsletter it's a simple read it's a gateway to everything we have and where can everyone follow you mm. specifically? I'm trying to do this right now. I'm on Instagram. I'm the FBI negotiator, <laughs> and we got a, we got a YouTube to... channel too. So yeah, you, you you Google YouTube the Black Swan Group or Chris Voss, and you'll come up with a YouTube stuff. And we got a lot of stuff out there too. Mm-hmm. Cool. And what about you, Brad? Well, off of what he just said, you asked me earlier how I get better in practice. The newsletter is is money every single time it's a quick read valuable information and it's not too time consuming either so definitely invest in that for sure um but me i'm producing i'm managing um you can find me on instagram at brad r lambert and uh, you can follow all my adventures on there and again the podcast uh yeah my show is called producing happiness and this guy will be on shortly. Yes. Um, so looking forward to that. He's got a great show. It's awesome stuff. Yes. yes. It's uh, 
you know, my the way I handle myself is I pursue my passions, I pursue happiness, and I try to add value in whatever situation I'm in. So I think if more people focused on their happiness instead of money or materialistic things, I think the world would be a better place. Mm-hmm. So in doing that, um, because if you're not happy in your personal life with your relationships, your friendships, your confidence, you're not going to be successful, right? Mm-hmm. And if you're not happy in your career, you certainly aren't going to be successful financially, mm-hmm. you know, long term. So, you know, I think, you know, happiness it needs to be at the forefront of conversations now. You know, depression, confidence Definitely. are all issues today. And, oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, paying attention we, to mental health. Yeah. Yes, we've had ongoing themes about that yeah. in our te- talking TED Talks. Amen. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks yeah. for having us. You guys are fun. Wonderful. You yeah, guys are you, awesome. You're surprisingly fun. <laughs> hey, he wow. you avoided. You avoided the one-on-one. No, I'm down yeah. to do it, but honestly, we've gone 10 <laughs> minutes over, and I know that they're freaking out right now. I'm down to do it, but we really Next got time. Time. So Next time. Next time. Yeah. Insightful. Is it, is it somewhere online? Can it be viewed online somewhere, a case scenario like that? We... Yeah, we try. It's See, some it's of it's special. there. Some of it's it's on. Uh, there is one. Yeah. We finally put one instance on the YouTube channel. Okay. It's up on there. Okay. okay. It's intense. Uh huh. Well, I, I was put on the spotlight yes, she, <laughs> in the middle she of the room. Did phenomenally. First question, and then I failed. I was like, ugh. <laughs> Well, where can everyone follow you? Uh, you can follow me at Yasmin Tanres. And what about you, Jesse? Boom. You guys can hit me up at DJ Jesse J. If you guys have a TED Talk that you want us to check out, write it down in the comments down below. And also hit us up at Talking TED Talks across all social media platforms and After Buzz TV. Till next week, same time, Thank same you. place. Bye. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to After Buzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. (laughs) The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.